welcome to episode seven of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Matt Zatilli, and I am joined as always by my co-host, Owen Shadrick. Pleasure to see you, my friend. What's going on? Good to see you too, Matt. This was a good interview with Sean Babineau, second Worcester pitcher we've had on. He talked a lot about his experiences with Worcester and alongside Angelo Bias. This will be a fun interview for you guys to check out. Now, Owen, earlier this week, you were at Brockton watching their live workouts. I'm sure that had to be awesome to see some live ball taking place. I was. There's nothing like the pop of the glove or the pop of the bat when that ball makes contact. It was so good to be back out on the field, and Brockton looks ready to go, and I'm assuming that every other team feels the same way as we hopefully can start the season very soon. Yeah, we'll have any updates for you guys as soon as we hear word. Until then, we have a great interview with Sean Babineau of the Worcester Bravehearts. So let's get right on into that. Here's Sean Babineau. At this time, we now welcome on a very special guest. He was a 2019 All-Star. He was a starting pitcher in the All-Star game in Pittsfield. He was first team All-FCBL. It is Sean Babineau from the two-time defending FCBL champion, Worcester Bravehearts. Sean, welcome on. Thank you so much for joining us today. How you doing? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Anytime, man. Owen and I are doing well. We're, we're holding it down here, and we got a good groove going. So excited yeah. to talk to our, our second Bravehearts player here behind Angelo. Absolutely. So uh, talking about the flow of things as we progress into the summer, have you guys practiced yet at Worcester? How are, how are things looking on that front? Um, we haven't practiced yet, but I've been in a little bit of uh, contact with Coach Dion. And um, he said he's going to try and get us back maybe a few days early or something so we can get a few practices in, um, kind of meet all the new players, welcome back all the old players, stuff like that. So um, hopefully we can come back. I think – I'm not sure the exact date, actually, but I know it's like a couple days early before the season starts. Sure, and like you said, with that, you know, date maybe in the next couple weeks, you're probably, you know, looking in the next week or two to start up, you said? Yeah. Okay. In the next week or two, hopefully. And obviously there's been craziness all over the world lately, but how have you been staying in baseball shape through it all? And what has been your recent training regimen since the college baseball season ended? Um, since, then, since it ended, it was a little bit slow because um, I was still in New Hampshire. Um, our bubble got shut down, so we didn't have access to the gym. So I was kind of just doing a lot of body weight stuff, throwing a little bit. And then um, we didn't have access to the field for a little bit. And then now I'm with um, actually Tyler Patain at his house in Long Island. And he has access to a facility. We've been going in there, throwing. Um, he's hitting. We got a little gym in there, so I've been working out. And um, I've been throwing a little bit of live. I threw live to Tyler. Um, I was actually with Angelo last Wednesday. He threw live as well. So we're kind of working together, you know. And um, trying to just get in, in season form, you know. We had a little bit of break, so it was a little tough. It's not access to everything. But – um, I'm, I think I'm making it work now. I'm feeling pretty good. That's great to hear. When we talked to Dylan last week, he said that him and his roommate were the only guys still up at Franklin Pierce and that they had a chance to access that field. But I know everyone's kind of yeah. got their own setup and is dealing with things differently. So that's great to hear that you've settled into a routine recently. So at Franklin Pierce, your first season there, how did you feel like you were performing when you found out that the season got cut short? I mean, your last start, a complete game win, I'd say a pretty strong performance against St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, to walk us through how you found out and where you felt like you were at in terms of your 2020 season. You know, I first um, going into the season, went down to Myrtle Beach. I was a little chilly. Um, 
went out there. I didn't pitch awful, but definitely not my best. And then I uh, went to Adelphi, pitched good. And then I uh, got into a little bit of trouble, got cold early in the season, you know. And then uh, when I went to Cary, that's when I pitched against Stack. And then um, it was, you know, Tyler's old team as well. So I thought it was pretty – it was good, great atmosphere. I talked to Andrew and stuff about it too. It was one of the funnest games of the season. It was just back and forth battle. So it was a very good time. And, uh, you know, I just – I always just felt to get in the groove of things. Like I was getting more comfortable with my coaches, um, all the other players I was with because everything was new as well. And um, I just thought I was getting into my groove. And then, obviously, I went uh, to CG. Um, I gave up some hits. So I think I gave up nine hits. But um, my off-speed stuff was working a lot. I was getting a lot of ground balls, got a couple of double plays. So um, I think I was getting right into it. My VLO was starting to go up. And then, you know, everything got cut off. So um, that kind of stinks. But hopefully I can just keep that going from where I was to right into the summer. Sure. And have you ever had a chance to make a start against a teammate or face hitters on some of the other teams you might have played? I'm not sure if you went head to head against Angelo, but, you know, how does that feel both playing against your college teammates in the FCBL and on the flip side, getting a chance to, you know, tee it up with some guys who might be on another team in the league that you're playing with at Franklin Pierce? Yeah, I, I mean, I love it. I like I'm a competitive kid, but um I, I love it. It's a great atmosphere. I have a good time. It's a, a lot of fun. You could talk about it after, you know, and everyone else too is competitive. Like it was me and Baez and, you know, he's competitive too. He's a, he's a bulldog on the mountain, great pitcher, uh, great athlete. And I had a lot of fun going against him. And it's cool that in the summer I get to go and pitch with him as well, you know, so I like that a lot. When you return to live ball, as you touched on earlier, how do you plan to manage your workload and your arm as you return to pitching live for the first time in about three months? Um, you know, I, like like I said, I've been throwing live, so um, I'm trying to get up to the my pitch count and my pitch limit. And, you know, I'm sure it'll be a little bit similar as last um, summer, you know, my first start. Um, I threw six innings, and I was only at, like, 70 pitches. But it was, like, first start of the year, so I probably, obviously, am not going to go 90 pitches um, first start of the year. But um, since I'm throwing live, I'm feeling good. I got up to 50 pitches last week. I'm thinking maybe 60, 65 this week, and then next week, um, you know, just keep adding maybe 10, 15 pitches, and then we can get up to uh, full force. And then I think I'll be ready to go, hopefully, right away, hopefully. And talking about your longevity, you had to start with Springfield where you pitched 10 innings against WPI, and you've had a total of, I believe, three complete games in your college career. Have you dealt with elbow and arm injuries in the past? I know that this is going to be a critical juncture for pitchers where they are returning to live action. Or, you know, as you mentioned, trying to limit your pitch count, do you feel like that's going to be even an extra motivation to rally around the bullpen and kind of rely on your full set of arms this summer? Um, I mean, absolutely. I think um, the bullpen is definitely a huge part of everything, especially just because of the, the league's pitch limits and stuff, you know. It's hard to go a complete nine innings when you can not start an uh, inning after the 90th pitch. So uh, that's a little tough. So the bullpen is always huge, especially in this league. But um, I don't – especially our season getting cut short and everything, I don't think I should um, – I think I should go full force because this summer or this spring I would have thrown, you know, maybe 70, 80, who knows, innings, depending on how far we went. And then our, we got cut short and I ended up throwing, I think, 16 or 17. So I, I think I'm good to go as many innings as possible. Like you said, um. I've thrown a lot of games in my life, and a little bit end of last summer, um, I went through like a little bit of problems. But um, other than that, my whole career of baseball, I've never had 
any problems, knock on wood, uh, with elbow, shoulder, nothing. So I'm knocking there with you. That was a little knock. Yeah. So <laughs> fingers crossed for good safety and uh, player health this summer. Before we get back to our interview with Sean Babineau, we wanted to share a message from one of our sponsors, ChangeUp. We're excited to announce a brand new partnership this season with ChangeUp, a cutting-edge, player-centric pitch tracking solution promoting health and safety, allowing coaches to capture and analyze a proprietary set of performance analytics and helping pitchers maximize their potentials. Coming to baseball programs around the world this year, ChangeUp eliminates the administrative overhead associated with adhering to pitch count regulations, allowing coaches to focus on baseball. Coaches and parents at all levels, Little League, AAU, high school, and the collegiate level, take notice. ChangeUp is the clear choice to ensure your pitchers aren't being thrown too much or too often and are getting proper rest. Together, we can make this great game even better by protecting arms and ensuring compliance with pitching guidelines. For more information, visit ChangeUp's website, www.changeup.io. That's www.change-up.io. ChangeUp. Every pitch counts. We now return to our interview with Sean Babineau. You had a great career at Springfield College. You were named the 2018 New Mac Pitcher of the Year. But after the 2019 season, you decided to transfer to Franklin Pierce. What went into that decision to transfer to Franklin Pierce from Springfield? You know, I love Springfield. I um, appreciate everything Coach Simeone did for me. He gave me an opportunity to play college baseball after I moved from Florida to Massachusetts. And uh, it was kind of a crazy process, but he gave me that opportunity. You know, I love the school, love everybody there. But I just thought um, for my goals, my dreams, my aspirations, uh, the best thing was to go to a school that is known for past success in their baseball program, um, past draft picks. I think even last year they had a 10th round draft pick. So um, I just thought transferring there would be the best for my athletic career. And I want to further my athletic career as long as I can. So I thought that was the best decision for me. So I decided to transfer. And we talked to a number of seniors uh, on the flip side of people who aren't currently at a university, some people who are at schools that don't have a post-grad opportunity, they're having to transfer to further their career. So in terms of your academics, I see you're a health sciences major, and are you going to be able to return to Franklin Pierce to continue your studies? And just kind of curious about career aspirations or, you know, if you were to think life after baseball, um, what you're doing in the classroom. Yeah, I just graduated. Um, I got my um, bachelor's degree in health science. And then Congrats I'm gonna on that, back. first off. Appreciate that. And then I'm going to go back um, for my master's and get my master's in leadership. And then, um, you know, if baseball doesn't work out, something doesn't happen, then I'll um, finish my master's degree. I'm still going to try and finish my master's degree no matter what, just because I, if I'm going to start it, I believe I should finish it. So, yeah, I'm going to do that so I can uh, go back to Franklin Pierce and uh, play my last year of baseball and then hopefully uh, get some looks and then see what can happen from there. Well, you've had a handful of starts where you finished off where you started on the diamond. So I got, I got confidence that you'll make it happen uh, in terms of hitting the books. But, yeah, once again, congrats on graduating. Appreciate it. So Franklin Pierce has plenty of talent spread all over the league, including Dylan Jones in Nashua, who we just interviewed a couple episodes ago. Can you talk about that, what it's like? Again, you touched on facing – your teammates, but how are you going to approach facing specifically Dylan this season? You know, it's actually, uh, it's, it's funny with Dylan just because he was my catcher all year. So, you know, he kind of knows me. I kind of know him pretty well. So, you know, uh, I, I don't think I really ever faced him last year just because of how it worked out and everything. But the year before when I played on the vineyard, um, I faced him and I didn't really know him at the time, but now I'm getting to know him. And 
also, like you said, there's um, kids all over the league. I know uh, two other kids on Brockton, um, Laura and uh, Miller, Jake Miller. Um, they're on Brockton. So I, I love it. I, like I said, I love being competitive and stuff, but they're all my boys and they're my teammates at the end of the day. And, you know, they want to get a hit off me. I want to get them out, but we'll see. And then we'll talk a little smack to each other. And then, you know, that's it. But I, I love it. I have a great time seeing everyone else in the league, seeing them during the games, even if not necessarily we're facing them. I just love seeing them play, you know. Yeah, we're really excited for that. And that's going to be fun to watch. A little Franklin Pierce on Franklin Pierce action. Transitioning into the FCBL, what led to your decision to return ultimately to the Bravehearts this summer? Um, I know some of the other leagues are closed too. Not, I wasn't looking at any other leagues, but um, just I love the coaching staff, you know, Dion. Adam Chase, uh, Tyler Kelly. Um, I know I've known him in the past. Um, I know I'm, I'm a lot of players are returning. Um, I love the uh, the management. Everybody there, they help you out. They'll do anything for you. Like it's just a it's just a great atmosphere, a great program. Um, I'm hoping we have fans this uh, this season because that's one of the best parts for me. I love seeing all the people up there. Because, you know, they love it, too. They like coming to the games, watch us play, and we like to put on a show for them. So um, I, I love that. It makes me get adrenaline going, and I just feel amped up, and I hope we can see that, you know. So uh, talking about that atmosphere and especially the winning culture, you didn't play in the postseason last year, but ultimately you guys took your second straight league title. Um was curious how the end of last season played out for you and how that transition felt in terms of being such an integral part of your team's success to then playing the role of motivator. Did you stick around for the longevity of the postseason and cheer your guys on? And, you know, how did you try to adjust and help out your pitchers and your teammates however you could in your limited capacity? Yeah, um, I went down. I had a little bit of discomfort in my shoulder. And um, I wouldn't – I mean, I would say it was limiting and everything, but I think if I really, really wanted to, I probably could have went out and maybe pitched like a, out of the pen or something. But um, my decision transferring at the end of the summer, I wanted to be going, be able to go into a new school, strong, healthy, and uh, show what I'm capable of, obviously. So that kind of went into my decision too. I talked to the coaching staff and everything, and they um, kind of agreed with me. So um, we kind of took it easy. But yeah, I mean, I was there cheering for them, um, texting them. Um, I know I missed a few games because I was working over the summer. I was commuting uh, from home, doing some carpentry stuff um, so I could make a little bit of money. But I was watching the games online. If I couldn't be there, I was there after the championship celebrating with them all. And, um, you know, I did the most, most, most I could. Last season, you were incredible, obviously part of this championship team. But you were also named an all-star. You were the all-star starter for the Hillies, and you were named to the first team, all FCBL. Your stats spoke for yourself. You were 5-0 and with a 2-5-1 ERA. You had 49 strikeouts and just nine walks. You only let up 12 runs. How did you feel coming out of last season, and what was it like to earn those awards? Oh, I felt great, you know, especially when I, when I came. And then, uh, you know, I, I was pitching with Baez, uh, Chop. I obviously read up on them and stuff. I knew they were great pitchers. And, you know, he told me I was throwing game one, so it kind of gave me a little fire uh, under my butt. And I was very excited. And then I kind of just took all my energy to the mound and kind of kept it rolling, rolling. And, um, you know, it's a blessing. I, I love it. I really appreciate the Futures League and everything. And it felt great.
you know, um, I've worked pretty hard to get where I am. And it's, it's really an honor to receive those awards and start the All-Star game, with, especially with all the other great players uh, throughout the league. So following your 2018 season with Springfield, another incredible performance, as we alluded to earlier. You still had a great 2019 campaign, but a little bit of a downward trend, which isn't to say anything. I mean, it's hard for anyone to replicate what happened in 2018. But, you know, following that college season, what did it mean to come out of the gate so strong and be named the first pitcher of the week and the FCBL pitcher of the month in June and just dominate for your first couple starts in Worcester? Last season at Springfield, uh, I kind of got limited to a little bit of innings. Um, a couple of things happened, just I didn't get on the mound as uh, much as I wanted. So I wanted to come out, especially, and uh, prove myself coming out, especially um, named opening day starter and stuff. So like I said, it kind of fueled the fire under my butt. And I was looking back at that season. Um, I didn't get an opportunity to throw as many innings as I wanted. And I wanted to show everybody what I could do. So that kind of, um, that Springfield season definitely took into consideration of um, my mindset going onto the mound for Worcester in the last summer. We talked earlier about Baez and Chavaria. They're two of the many cast of returning Worcester players that are coming back this summer. What did it mean to be part of such a dominant team and such a dominant pitching staff? And how do you guys keep that same mindset going to try and get a three-peat this summer? You know, it meant a lot to be in the rotation with those guys. And, uh, you know, I know we got me, Baez, Chav again, and then um, Seb is coming back. Um, I know him too, so I'm pretty excited about that. Like, that's an unbelievable rotation as it is, and it's hard to get, you know, three guys, and now we're, now we're getting four. And, uh, you know, just pitching with them. Like, you know, I want them to do the best as possible, but we obviously feed off each other. You know, one of us does well. We, the other one wants to do well. We all feed off each other. We're all competitive people. We're all very good athletes, good pitchers. So um, I think that kind of contributed to all of our success, you know, kind of working off each other. Yeah, one thing that you guys did last summer was throw a combined no-hitter, which you were the starter for. What was it like to be part of that experience? And did you know that you were in tangling with a no-hitter? Because Baez – said entering the game he had no idea that there was a no-hitter going yeah um you know that was crazy it was kind of breathtaking at then I I knew um because I was going into the sixth inning when I got pulled and then I was through five and two-thirds and I threw a three-two pitch on the black and uh he it got called ball four and I remember that and I was like oh, I just blew the perfect game I said it to myself in the head in my head but uh then I continued to get, I think I struck the next guy out and I knew coming out of the game and I I knew when I was uh, walking back into the dugout, I was like, oh, is he going to pull me now or is he going to let me go one more inning? And he was like, yeah, you got to come out now. And I was like, I understood, you know, first start of the year and stuff. But uh, I definitely wanted to keep going. But, you know, the bullpen did a great job after me. He cleaned it up. And that was, I think, the first ever. So that was a pretty cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, it was definitely definitely fun to follow. I remember watching the game going, oh, he hasn't had any hits up. He hasn't let up any hits, and you yeah. guys finished it off, and that was awesome. And it was cool, too, because you and Baez were both part of that game, and then you ended up being two of the best pitchers in the league at the end of the year, and it was yeah, I know. It was really fun to follow. And Baez ended up uh, becoming a starter and, you know, doing yeah. his thing. He absolutely killed it. So, obviously, congrats to him, too. I mean, he did unbelievable things last summer. Last summer, the Milford Daily News did a fantastic story on you and about your ritual before you step up to throw your first pitch in honor of your mother. 
Can you tell us how that started and what it means to you? Um, how it started is just um, growing up. Um, I played baseball my whole life growing up, and my mom was always a big part of it. Loved going to games, cheering me on. She was actually like the loudest fan. Very embarrassing, to be honest. Um, but yeah, then she got leukemia, passed away, and everything. And then um, I think I started doing it my junior year of high school because um, I was always thinking about getting a tattoo of her and. You know, I was going through some stuff just with everything that happened with her passing away and everything. So I wanted to make a tribute to her every time I stepped on the mound because she loved coming to the game. So um, I started doing a junior year. Just I write her initials PB on the back of the mound, um, say my little spiel to her, whatever I feel um, is how I feel that day, whatever I kind of want to say. Things change up differently. And then um, I point up to her and then I take three deep breaths and then it's game time. And then I'm ready to go. I'm locked in. Just I just feel like, um, in in the brain, I feel like doing a ritual makes you more consistent. More consistent. Doing the same thing over and over is more makes you just more consistent. So um, I've kind of just stuck with it and done it every single time I step on the mound since then. And Sean, furthermore, a message to the wide cast of supporting fans, both in Worcester and in your personal circle. Any message to them who might be listening as we await on a decision on what's going to happen this summer? Um, I just want to let them know that I personally think we're going to play baseball and um, that I'm, I'm ready to play for you guys. You know, I want to go out there. I want to do the best I can. I want to try and bring back, um, you know, back-to-back championships. Actually, 3 P technically because we split uh, two years ago, but back-to-back championships, you know, for all my uh, closer circle. Um, would love to pitch in front of you guys. You know, I love you, my family, my friends, everybody coming to the games. And uh, I feel like it makes me have a little more energy and a little more adrenaline pumping. So helps me out when there's more fans and I think we'll play. And uh, hopefully we can uh, bring a three-peat to the whole fan base. I love the confidence. Now we knocked on wood earlier for your uh, health and your arm strength. We want to give one more quick knock because we're playing baseball this summer. That'd be good by me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, Sean, this has been awesome so far. We're going to move on to our final segment of this interview. It is called Quick Hits, and it is presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative designs since 1993. So we got a couple more questions for you just to help our audience and the fans who might be listening get to know you a little better. So we're going to throw some your way if that's cool with you. Absolutely. All right. So who's been your favorite teammate to play with in the Futures League? Favorite teammate in the Futures League? You got a lot of options, so pick carefully. I do got a lot of options. Wow. You don't have to limit yourself to just one, too. If you want to shout out a couple guys, that's more than fine with us. First, I would definitely have to say Tyler Patain. Uh, that's, my, that's my good buddy. Uh, made, made me have a great summer. Angelo Baez, um, great pitcher. Love, love working with him, love playing with him. Jack Gardner, good guy. I like Jack Gardner a lot. Eric, Eric Chavaria, great guy, funny guy. I would have to go maybe with Nick Raposo too. That's this is he's a Sharks guy, but uh, he was one of my good teammates. Played against him too. Chance Huff as well. Ended up going to Vanderbilt, and yeah. Well, you rattled off a couple there, and why stop at one? So that's awesome to hear that your uh, handful of years in the league have been that awesome and have brought you that many good teammates. Uh, all right, next question: Favorite opposing ballpark that you've played at in the league? You guys got a great home in Worcester, but what's your favorite place to play away from home? Nashua for sure. Nashville is a good time. I always have a great time. They get a pretty good fan base as well. Um, so I like the energy that goes into there as well. 
So we talked to Sinicola and he referenced the high wall as one of his reasons. Do you reference more atmosphere as a pitcher? Is it a little combination of both? Um, a little bit of both, but pitching a righties there, um, they got that little short porch over right on left field where the fence is like five feet high. So that's not my favorite thing. I, uh, I think two summers ago, I gave up a little poke over that. So, um, but yeah, it's more the atmosphere. I would say I like the atmosphere there. Nice field view, beautiful field. And we just touched on handedness. You're a lefty. Are you a true lefty? Is there anything you do right-handed or are you lefty across the board? Or lefty across the board, everything left-handed. Nice. You write with your left hand, kick with your right foot, everything athletically? Yep. Everything left-handed. Love it. Uh, what's your intro music when you're coming onto the mound, whether it be last summer, something you got cooking up for this year, something at college? Well, last summer I did All the Smoke by Future and Young Thug. But I think I'm going to switch it up this year. Um, I'm still – a lot of new music is coming out and stuff, so um, I haven't really made a full decision yet. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not too sure about that yet, but we'll see. It'll it'll definitely be rap. Uh, rap is my favorite genre, but maybe little baby, something like that. I'm not sure yet. We'll see. Sure, you got a new baby album. You also got a new future album. So yeah, a lot future of things, good too. Yeah. Um, favorite professional team? Boston Red Sox. We're three three now. We've gotten three Yankees and three Sox responses. So yeah. Owen and I are happy with that. Uh, favorite player to watch in the big leagues. Marcus Stroman. I just think uh, he comes with a lot of energy. And, you know, he's not a big guy, too. I wouldn't say I'm a big guy either. So I just kind of like the way he pitches, his composure, his mentality, his work ethic, everything like that. Um, he's a guy I would like to kind to try and model as much as I can. He's a completely – I'm left-handed, you know, he's right-handed. But I just kind of like the way he does things. So um, he's probably my favorite player to watch. Or um, Javi Baez. He's okay. electric. Yeah, yeah, he sure is. Grace is the cover of the show this year. He's, uh, he's quite the athlete. Do you know that Baez's favorite pitcher, he also said, was Stroman? Really? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, he said especially because of his height, too, it just gives him great film to look at and just loves the way he carries himself. So a little, yeah. little similarity there. Um, what brand of glove do you use? I use an Academa, and I've had it for like eight years. It still doesn't close by itself. It's still pretty stiff. But uh, recently the – um the strap came unstrung a little so i gotta get it restrung but i think i'm gonna stick with it this summer maybe maybe next spring as well but uh we'll see i'm like i'm liking academia so far what about cleats what cleats are you lacing up these days i have some under armors that i wore in the spring but they weren't my favorite i didn't get the i didn't feel the most support in my ankles so i think for the summer i think i might go under armors again but just uh the newer bryce harpers yeah, Dylan talked about how you guys are an Under Armour school, and the only thing that you guys aren't required to wear that's Under Armour is cleats. He goes with Nikes, but yeah, respect guys. What about a baseball nickname that you've been given over the years? Um, baseball nickname? Everybody just calls me Babs. Um, that's not even something that like I've given myself. It's just over the years. I think from the baseball field, my last name being Babino. Um, I think people just maybe didn't know how to pronounce it or something, so everybody just called me Babs. Uh, like, even when I came up here to high school, I don't think my uh, high school coach ever called me Sean once, which is Babs, like, and everybody calls me that, and I, I like it. It sticks. goes well. Any superstitions that you resort to, whether it's Futures League or Franklin Pierce? Um, actually, I don't really have any superstitions. Um, nothing. I switch everything up. Like, I, I don't really believe in too much of that, and 
I just kind of like to keep routine. That's more of my thing. Routine. I like to do safe stretches. I guess I could say that's maybe a superstition. I uh, like when I do my warm up before I pitch. I like to do the same thing, same amount of reps, same amount of time. I like kind of on the time structure. I'll count it. That counts. Yeah. What about game day meals? Anything you like to eat before or after games? Not necessarily. Just after after I pitch, I like to just kind of eat as much as possible. You know, kind of uh, just recover from the exercise I was doing. You know, you can burn a good amount of calories while throwing a baseball as hard as you can 90 times, you know. <laughs> Same thing with us when we're in the press box. We like to eat as much as possible. Give us that good recovery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all that social media exercise gets to you. What about bubble gum or sunflower seeds? What's your preference? Sunflower seeds. I'm not a big gum guy. Um, even, like, not on the baseball field, I don't really chew a lot of, like, mint gum, anything like that. I'd rather have sunflower seeds. And then what brand or flavor of sunflower seeds? Barbecue. Nice. That's Barbecue a good, like, a solid option. And the yeah. last one for you. How about a favorite all-time baseball memory? Probably just the whole championship series two years ago when I played on the Sharks against Worcester. Um, it was a crazy series. A lot of good players on both teams. And it was, like, just back and forth. You know, we won the first, they won the second. We were playing the third, like, they scored a run in the first, like they hit a home run in the first inning. And then we came out the next inning, like we hit a home run. And it was just, and then we ended up getting rained out. But uh, I would say just that whole series uh, was absolutely insane. And it's probably one of my favorite memories being on the field. Well, Sean, that's going to conclude today's interview. Thank you so much for joining us before we hopped on. You were on that beautiful porch outside lounging in the sun. It's a beautiful day. So we'll let you get back to it. Uh, best of luck with everything. We really hope to see you on the diamond soon. Absolutely. I'll see you guys soon. So this has been episode seven of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We got new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday leading up to the start of the season. Sean's watched an episode before. We're going to make sure you guys are going to, too. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're streaming on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.